Hey everybody, it's the Instant Offense Podcast, week five preview. We're going to give you who you should be starting, who you should definitely not be starting, <laughs> and everything in between. Uh, and week. we're going to toss in a daily lineup at the end, uh, something that I am historically absolutely horrible at, but Sonny actually does a good job. Every so, now and then I'll hit big, and a lot of times I'll just lose and not even be close to yeah, the top spot. I spent a solid week reading, so let's let's see, <laughs> let's see how this if goes. It pays off. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, we'll roll right into just some talking points going into the week, uh, some big things to kind of keep an eye out. Uh, one thing that me and Sonny have been... Uh, seconds away from is uh, buying tickets for a uh, flight down to New Orleans to see what the heck's going on with Kamara. <laughs> so I get a notification from Sleeper today saying he looks as good as new or back to normal. I forgot what terms they use. Just for uh, Sonny to text me five minutes later saying he's got extra padding he's wrapped to protect up. the rib. <laughs> uh, so how are you feeling about Kamara this week, Sonny? I'm fully... 100% prepared for another absolute mess of a game. Are where... you benching Kamara? No, I can't do that. <laughs> I can't. I can't justify... Are you ready for the 12 o'clock inactive? <laughs> I wasn't ready last time. This time I will be. Okay, good to know. <laughs> Learning uh, curve. I'm with you. I'm not going anywhere near benching Kamara. I don't think we can right now. But I am uh, very afraid of what he might produce. Low hopes. Yeah, so I'm with you on that one so far. Um, another thing is, uh, some guy I'm very high on for, I just, just the gut feeling and just what he performed last week, uh, Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow showed an ability to light up the Ravens last year, uh, two games, 941 yards and seven touchdowns. I think this week he kind of shows up and shows out and we remember why people were drafting Joe Burrow as early as they were. Yeah. There's a lot of people that were worried about him at the start of the year. I mean, I get why, but just had to give him a little bit of time to figure it out. He's been a lot better as the season's gone on. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, very, very strong play, you know, against the Ravens. That's the night game too, right? Uh, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be a shootout. I would be very surprised if it's not. Neither defense has shown an ability to stop anybody. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't think either team is going to show up and play great defense all of a sudden. And I think both offenses are high powered. So I'm kind of excited for the game overall. But I see Joe Burrow having a good one. No, for sure. And then... Um, uh, DeAndre Swift is out again, as yep. we anticipated. We did call that, that he's probably not going to be back for more than just you know a week. So Jamal we the, Williams. We got the bye next week in Detroit. Right. So I think that that was always... I Right now, it looks like Amon Ra might play. I would not be surprised if Amon Ra's out. Yeah. So I'm interested to see what exactly happens with the Lions receivers this week. Uh, can the Lions insert random guys into the lineup to put up 50 points? I doubt it against the Patriots, but I guess I'm interested to see what happens with that. Yeah, another thing too, Jamal Williams has been great this year, and especially now he was given the chance to actually you know, headline the game. He did phenomenal, and I'm wondering if this is turning into a situation like we saw in Green Bay when he was there, where Aaron Jones and him just started splitting a lot more work. It was a lot more 50-50. And I think as like he shows out, the Lions are going to trust him more and more. So if I got DeAndre Swift going forward, I'm a little a little hesitant. I don't think it will be 50-50, but he might be in line for some more carries. I think if I have Swift going forward, I'm not hesitant. I'm deadly afraid. And not of Jamal Williams, more of will Swift even be on the field enough. That's true. I think everything about Swift scares the crap out of me, which is the main reason why I avoided drafting him. He has the potential to be the best running back in the NFL, and then he just can't stay on the field. Mm-hmm. So, actually, update from Lions um, practice. St. Brown, unlikely to play because he missed practice again, but DJ Chark did return, and Frank Ragnow was also back at practice. So, it looks like the Lions 
offensive line might come together a little bit. So I like Jamal Williams even more. But St. Brown looks out. I'm very interested in DJ Chark this week. The Lions have shown ability to just like air it out and throw it around. So I like Josh Reynolds too. Yeah, He's I don't been hate very that consistent. Very consistent. I think he had like 17 or so points last week. Yeah, so I guess I'm interested otherwise. But yeah, it looks like the main two playmakers for Detroit are going to be out again on Sunday against the Patriots. It's hawk time. Oh god. In I don't, other I, don't words. Know. I feel like I feel like Hawk is gonna do what Hawk does where after lighting it up last week, this week he's gonna have like a drop or two and just be very average. And I wouldn't be surprised. Could be totally wrong, but that's just kinda of where I'm kinda of seeing it. But we'll see what happens. And next guy on the agenda, he's a very frequent topic for me on this episode. Jeff Wilson Jr. has been phenomenal. He's a volume machine. Uh, if you had him, if you picked him up, I actually drafted him in one of the late rounds, just knowing Eli Mitchell's injury history, and it's really paid off. Uh, San Francisco has run the ball fifty, about fifty-five percent of the time with a lead over the last two seasons while he's been there. That's the third highest rate in the entire NFL, and this guy's just been putting up numbers. Nothing super crazy as of yet, but this game against Carolina, I think, is going to trend into the similar game script we saw against the Rams. I think they're going to struggle to really compete with San Fran, and they're just going to run all over them. Yeah, I'm, I'm not not opposed to it. I don't see San Fran doing anything different. I think the defense comes out and shuts down almost any opponent they're, they have in front of them. So I, I think they run all over Carolina. When they need to air it out, they air it out a little bit, but they keep it on the ground and keep it in their best player's hands, and they own the game script, and that's how the game ends. I don't see Carolina doing much. I'm with you. Yeah. I think it's going to be similar to the Rams, but it might even be a little more of a bloodbath because – Carolina doesn't even have the firepower that um, the Rams had. And on top of that, Baker Mayfield's been prone to be like a bit of a turnover machine. So I wouldn't be surprised if San Fran just kind of ended this by halftime. But I guess we'll see what the game actually turns out like. Yeah, they're the worst passing team, Carolina, that is, in the entire NFL this year so far. One thing that needs to be noted is my boy Brian Robinson. He's back. He's back at practice. (laughs) And the sleeper notification that just lit my life up. Of Ron Rivera giving him a fizz bump as he busted through the defensive <laughs> line. <laughs> That's a rush. good sign. Oh, man, I love it. I'm super excited. I'm not starting him this week, obviously, but I wouldn't even be surprised to see him get some volume this week. I don't, I don't think he's going to get like 20 touches, but I wouldn't be surprised if he had like a couple couple big carries and kind of yeah. showed out a little bit. But He'll get his feet wet, I think, for sure this week, and we'll they're going to work him in. There. I think as the weeks go by, he's just going to completely take over that backfield. I wouldn't be surprised if next week he was a starter, but let's right. see how long it takes him to get to like football speed. Uh, Curtis Samuel, with an illness, was one of the five commanders who did not practice. So he was out. That's big news from that game. I think because it's an illness, I'd be surprised if he's out for the game, but overall he was out today. Uh, Keenan Allen, soft tissue still out, wasn't practicing today. Yeah, that's not good. Uh, the news was 50-50 for Sunday. I think it's probably gearing toward he's not playing. Uh, the only way is there's a breakthrough tomorrow, being Friday, that he actually practices, but that's not looking good. So I think you start prepping for uh, another Keenan Allen this week, and we start to wonder when he'll actually be back. Yeah, and start Mike Williams, obviously, in all formats, as long as he's that number one guy. He's just a must-start. I think this is another Mike Williams game. I think Mike Williams has had that like on and off and on and off. I think Herbert's another week healthier, and I think the Cleveland Browns secondary is, I don't want to say catastrophic, but not great. So I think the Chargers do enough to light him up. I think Mike Williams, he was he was my, he wasn't my start of the week, as you guys will see at wide receiver, but he was my second one. So he was my honorable mention, I guess. So I think Mike Williams has a good game overall today. Not today, but on Sunday, sorry. 
Um, mm. Any other big injuries that you want to throw out? Any guys that you're paying attention to? No, I'm just kind of curious with the Seahawks in that 2-2 two and two right now. Obviously, they made the switch from Russell Wilson to Geno Smith, which was seen as an obvious downgrade. But they looked good. And I don't know. Could this be the week they run into a brick wall with New Orleans and they just look and get exposed for being a average, below-average team? Or do they keep rolling and go 3-2? and two? You took the words out of my mouth on that first part of it. I think they just roll right in and just get like chop-sawed by New Orleans. I think New Orleans had that emotional loss last week with the backup quarterback. Yeah. So I think they come back from London, and I think this week they show out. I think the one variable is Kamara. If Kamara is back to what Sleeper said, where he's back to not necessarily <laughs> full Kamara, but if he like shows some ability, right. and either Jameis or Dalton, I don't even care who's back there, they're kind of borderline interchangeable to me, can get the ball to some of the wideouts, and they can kind of show some stuff on, on offense, I don't think Seattle's keeping up with them. I know they did some things in Detroit, but the, the Detroit defense might be the worst defense in the history of the NFL right yeah, now. Yeah, it's real looking bad. like it. So, I mean, I I think that this is going to be the week where Seattle kind of starts to show some holes. I mean, they've already shown some holes, but I think this week we really start to see that they're not quite as good as some people are suggesting they potentially could be. I mean, no one's saying Seattle's like this Super Bowl contender, but I think we start to see that not just that they miss Russell Wilson, but that is not a complete team. Right. Another big uh, injury, uh, I guess it depends on how big you look at it, but Kyle Pitts who's dealing with a hamstring injury, also sat out again on Thursday. It's looking like he's going to be out for this game. No, it's not good. Uh, not necessarily. for Obviously, for pit owners, that's horrible because you probably drafted him early and he's been a, a total bum all season. But I think my eyes perk up at like uh, some Drake London love right now. Definitely. They're not going to throw the ball around a lot. And now one more target being down, I guess, is good for Drake London. So overall, I think that's good news for London owners and obviously – you were probably scrambling for a tight end anyway if you're a Pitts owner, but at least you don't have to worry about starting him this week, I guess. That's true. And I got a, a sleeper tight end anyway that you can probably slot in. He's probably it's 0%. The same game. It's the same game. Uh, <laughs> Bray is looking like he may be out. He was held out of practice again. Um, I would be surprised if he plays Sunday. As of right now, it yeah. doesn't look like it. With the concussion stuff going around, the fact that he's trying to get past that, I think... In all in everyone's interest to just have him sit out. But Julio and Godwin did both practice. Yes, they should be back. Yeah, and then uh, Rashad Penny, that shoulder injury mispractice, not looking great. But at the same time, I, I think I'm at the point where the Seattle team, where I don't know how great they are. Period. I don't think Penny's gonna. I'd like to see Penny miss a game because I want to see what Kenneth Walker could do with. Yeah. I guess full, full range of an offense. I, mm-hmm. I think I think I'd be interested in that. Um, Michael Thomas also did not practice, and Jarvis Landry was limited. So those are news from those games. New Orleans is a mess. Yeah. That team is a mess. Yeah. That defense is pretty good, but everything else about that team is horrible. I don't know. Olave's looked really good. Michael Thomas looks like he can't stay on the field still, so it's just kind of what a lot of people expected. Jarvis, I don't think anybody expected to have a great season regardless. Maybe like a, I, I didn't personally. I didn't think Jarvis was going to come in and change it up. I didn't think Olave was going to be this good. I think Olave being this good just shows that Jarvis is not going to have a great season. Yeah. Uh, Alvin Kamara is the one that's really been eating at me. I was expecting this high-powered Saints offense with Jameis just airing it out, but it's been this very cautious and very fearful offense. I think they're, that's one of the reasons why I like the Dalton-led Saints more than the Jameis-led Saints. I feel like they got Jameis in a position that isn't something he's used to, and I feel like if they're going to do this type of game manager-style quarterbacking play call, Andy Dalton's their guy is what I think. But, I mean, I guess we'll see how they roll into this weekend, what they do. 
any other big injuries or things you want to go into before we jump into our instant impacts? No, I think we pretty much touched on everything. I think we can jump into it. Oh, actually, one thing we did not mention is your boy, David Montgomery, was limited in practice. No, I was, that's why I really wanted to avoid that one. I was hoping if I don't speak on it, maybe he'll just sit and yeah. Herbert can play again. I'd still be surprised if he plays on Sunday, to be dead honest. Yeah. I, I don't see him playing. The injuries, he was looking like he might end up on the IR, and now it's looking like he could be back as early as next week, which surprises me a little bit. I don't think it matters. That Bears offense doesn't look good no matter who's back there. I think David Montgomery could show some damn ability if they had anything on offense, but Justin Fields just doesn't look like he's going to be able to air it out, and that team in general just does not look like they'll be able to get it together. So, no, it looked bad. Uh, overall, I, I'm interested in that. If you're a Khalil Herbert owner, if Montgomery plays, I don't think you can start either one. I think both just end up on the bench at that point because you're just hoping one of them gets a touchdown, but there's no way to decide who would be the one. So overall, I think it's just ugly at that point. Uh, Jacoby Myers was back at practice for the Patriots limited. So he looks like he might play against that god awful line secondary. Yeah, I mean you start but Zappy's you can. throwing to him. Zappy's out you there. You think Zappy. Lions have a tendency to get lit up by random unknown rookies. It's possible. So I would not be surprised if Zappy showed out against the Lions, but I also wouldn't be surprised if this turns into that one of those ugly low scoring games and the Lions defense all of a sudden looks a quarter decent. Obviously just because they're playing a anemic offense, but Nonetheless, I, I, I'm not even sure where this game script is going to go for that game. Yeah, there's got to be at least one game where the Lions aren't in a absolute shootout. It's got to happen eventually. Maybe this is that week. Yeah, I would not be surprised. But I guess we shall see. All right, so now let's actually pop right into our instant impact. Instant impact. All right, guys, kicking off the instant impact. So I'm going to start with my quarterback. You guys already heard who I love for this week. It's uh, Joe Burrow. I think neither defense shows an ability to stop anybody in that game, and I think Burrow shows out and has a great game. Um, I also wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens just came out hot and took a nice lead on the Bengals, and then Burrow gets some garbage time yardage. So I think any way this script goes, Burrow has a good game. So he's my start of the week. Yeah, I mean, the Ravens' defense is very weird. So they had a dominant performance against Buffalo. And then they left the door open. Dominance a, a teensy bit of a stretch. They looked okay against Buffalo, I'd say. They the still first half, 20. they looked really good. First half, yeah. But that's the thing. They they have those spurts. They look like that Ravens defense of old that can really shut teams down. And then they just fall apart. I think overall this is far from the Ravens defense of old. Nothing about that secondary scares anybody. And the, the I guess the main thing is the front seven. They don't have like that linebacker or that edge rusher that just is like dominant, like the Terrell Suggses and the Ray Lewises they used to have just aren't there. So it's like they aren't what some people thought they could be, even though no one thought they would be that, that Ravens defensive old. Right now they're more offense-based. They're just kind of following the times. So I think overall Joe Burrow has a good game. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to sit here and say he won't have a good game. And I think this primetime game is where he thrives. Uh, but my guy, on the other hand, Zach Wilson at quarterback. That's right. I'm going big on Wilson. Last week, it was a tough game in Pittsburgh, not ideal weather, still dropped 20, about 20.3 fantasy points. Touchdown catch does help. Hey, I'm, I'm getting there. You look very confident, though. <laughs> if you can catch a touchdown as a QB, I think it speaks to a level of confidence in the play calling, and it speaks to a level of confidence they have in him as a young quarterback. Throwing the ball, he was still pretty decent, too. 252 yards, touchdown, two interceptions. He's going to throw picks, but I think he does enough to finish with a really solid week, and I could see him finishing above 20 points as well easily. Um, I'm not too concerned with Miami as a defense, 
So that's why I've got Zach Wilson up there. So I actually like Miami secondary. I think Miami secondary is like half decent. They did get lit up by the Ravens a couple weeks ago, but then they showed an ability to not shut the Ravens down, but when they needed to, they showed some ability. So I actually do like Miami's corners. Uh, Pro Football Focus actually has their secondary ranked relatively highly. And that's why I just don't see Zach Wilson having a good game. I think overall I don't like any of the Jets receivers, and I don't think Zach Wilson has a great game. So I'm on a slightly different standpoint for this game than you are, but I, I like the hype. I mean, I got Zach Wilson in one of my, one of my teams as my uh, second QB, so I, I don't hate it. I wouldn't mind him having a good game, but I just don't see it personally. And I'll tell you how much I don't care about the Miami <laughs> defense. My wide receiver for the week oh is another God. Jet. None other than Corey Davis. I called him out a few weeks back. He's been pretty damn good. He had six targets, five catches, 74 yards, and a touchdown in the last game against the Steelers. He seemed like the uh, the consistent target that Zach Wilson was going to go to to get those high percentage looks. And I think he's going to have another good game. That's why I got Corey Davis there. And I'm not scared of that Miami defense. I'm going to try not to totally disagree by <laughs> totally disagreeing with you again. I don't like anything about Corey Davis. The only thing I will say, I like Corey Davis more than maybe like a Garrett Wilson this week. Uh, personally, yeah. I feel like I like Conklin and Elijah Moore to have a better game than Corey Davis. I think I like Bryce Hall to also have a better game than Corey Davis. So I think overall, I just don't see... I could see a broken play touchdown, something weird like that. Corey, Corey Davis is showing the ability to be that big play guy for the Jets. But overall, I, I don't see it. Like I said, I'm, maybe I'm, I'm hoping I'm wrong, but I don't see the Jets doing much against this Miami defense. And I especially don't see Corey Davis being the guy. But I guess we'll see. There's been some love that you've had for Corey Davis that I just haven't had. But <laughs> He says this we'll while see. wearing a Giants jersey. No, 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 never. <laughs> Not a Giants fan, that's for damn sure. But moving into the next um, wide receiver for me, I'm going Olave. I think Olave has a good game. Olave showed, like, the ability to be the guy for the Saints. Last week we saw even Dalton not force-feeding him, but getting Olave the ball. So it looks like no matter who's at quarterback, Olave's going to get his. It uh, looks like Michael Thomas isn't going to play this week. Taysom Hill's been limited. Uh, Jarvis Landry's been limited. Kamara's on that weird rib thing. Will he get any catches? Like It just looks weird, but Olave's been the one consistency of the Saints offense. And I honestly think that it does continue. Uh, Seattle got totally burned by the Lions' random receivers, so I don't see why Olave wouldn't have a good game. So he's definitely my start of the week at wide receiver. Yeah, I mean, Seahawks suck. Um, Alan Kamara, the Saints are allergic to getting him the ball in the pass game, so they got to throw to somebody. Yeah, So I agree with Olave. That's how I feel about that one. So now I'm going to go to my big game running back that I think has a big game, uh, Dalvin Cook. Uh, I think the Bears... Now I think it's obvious the Bears have looked like a complete catastrophe so far on offense. I think the Vikings come in, score points early, and just kind of try to kill the clock and hold this ball off. So I think the script is literally set up for Dalvin Cook to have a good game. The Bears have not shown an ability to stop anyone's rushing. And then on top of that, now you got Dalvin Cook, who is one of the best running backs in the league, and the script is lined up for him. I cannot see Dalvin Cook having a bad game this week. So Dalvin Cook's my start of the week at running back. I mean, I definitely would side with him having a good game but in these random divisional games there's always the possibility that it ends up playing out exactly how it shouldn't and everything goes out the window totally agree not that i'm saying that's like a high possibility but in the back of my mind i'm always thinking like "Uh oh what if this becomes just a mess mooney Mooney comes in and gets a a touchdown (laughs) grab and just shows up for chicago that's a true miracle True miracle. The double running back situation. Yeah, there's just weird stuff going on generally, and division games are always weird. I agree with you on that one, but 
I think overall I'm, I'm comfortable with Delvin Cook. He usually does a good job eating up this division, so I think this is this is a good week to start him. Yeah, going to my running back, Mr. Consistency himself. Mentioned him earlier, Jeff Wilson Jr. I love it. Love this game script also. As you mentioned, you know, Vikings-Bears, I think, plays out beautifully for San Francisco against Carolina. I think they're going to shut him down. Not going to have a chance to breathe. They're just going to run it down their throats, kill the clock, end the game. Uh, he had 18 carries for 74 yards and a touchdown last week. Doesn't seem like they have another running back on the roster for as long as Eli Mitchell is out. This guy's getting every single carry. Yeah. Almost every single snap, it seems like Jeff is out there. And he looks, you know, very good running-wise and uh, very confident. And he actually, on his touchdown run last week, that was the fastest uh, run by any 49ers player this season. So he's got a quick burst up the middle. I mean, he's shown that. Yeah, I'm not surprised. Debo's got speed, but Debo isn't as, I guess, small as Wilson. Wilson kind of has, like, a little bit of stature on him when it comes to that, so I'm not totally surprised, but I agree. Jeff Wilson's shown speed. I agree he's going to get the volume, and I think the game script is perfectly written for him for how we – I agree with you on how the game's going to go. So after going back-to-back, totally left field, disagreeing with you with your quarterback, your wide receiver, (laughs) I couldn't agree more with your running back pick. Finally on the same page. I know, right? (laughs) If I'm not going Cook as my start, I think Jeff Wilson might have been my closest second. So I, I, I like this pick a lot, and I'm totally comfortable with that i think he i think he has to have a good game i think i'm interested to see what the 49ers do when mitchell gets back like are they gonna go all right mitchell here you go you could be the guy or is it gonna be kind of like a split thing or are they gonna say hey wilson you've been killing it for us uh keep it up yeah i mean last year when eli came back it was purely him again jeff took a huge back seat barely came in but yeah this is a different season it could play out differently you never really know especially with that and mitchell obviously has shown a total inability to stay healthy so even if he does come back and becomes the bell cow again how long can he be the bell cow before he goes down again exactly so overall jeff wilson looks like a great waiver pickup over a couple weeks ago and I, i i'm totally in line with you i think he has a good game I'll, you're super excited about this, so I'll let you roll in with your tight end. No, my tight end, huge sleeper. We mentioned Cameron Brait, concussion. He's probably going to sit. I mean, this is, again, if he sits. Cade Otten. You might want to spell it because I don't <laughs> think anybody knows who the heck you're talking about. O-T-T-I-N. <laughs> probably heard that name a million times by now. Super hyped up. Yeah, sure. But last week, when subbed in, when Brait did go down, four targets, three catches, 29 yards. He's a real game breaker. <laughs> And Brady loves his tight ends. And nothing about the Falcons' defense scares me. And even more so if the game, which I think it will probably get out of hand, and I think the Buccaneers' defense just locks up Atlanta, no better time for a young tight end, young any position player, to start shining when all the second-string players come in, backups, whatever the case may be. But he's going to be in the whole game, basically. So I think if you're strapped for someone to get you a reliable amount of points at tight end, this is a guy who's probably like 1% owned. And again, if Braid is out, by all means, I would throw him in. If you're really, you know, hurting at tight end, I'd be comfortable. I like it. I, I don't mind, especially the way you sold it. You're not saying this guy's going to come in and be a game breaker and go TJ Hawkinson from last week, but I think he does have some ability, and I think the game script could fit him. I think this could be kind of like a run for his game for the Buccaneers. Uh, Brady's going through a million different things right now between the divorce and he's uh, he skipped practice on Wednesday. I think that was one of his like mental health old person, <laughs> old person days, days. <laughs> that they're giving him. So uh, he was bad. He did say he's going to play Sunday. So I wouldn't be surprised if this turns into kind of like a run first and then just pitch it around to a couple of his wide outs in the tight end and they just kind of own this game. Uh, the Falcons haven't shown ability to stop the run. So I think the game script could fit a tight end having a good game. So I'm not opposed to your pick. Obviously, I don't love it, but it's not like you're 
Breaking Bank here. You're not saying that this is some weak up lock. This guy's going to get Phenom. yeah five touchdowns. <laughs> like, yeah, so I, I don't disagree. Uh, my start of the week at tight ends in Joku. Uh, Chargers have not shown a lineback- uh, an ability with their linebackers to cover tight ends. They haven't looked horrible, but they haven't looked great. They face some decent tight ends too, so that there's definitely that as part of it. Uh, Browns have been looking in Joku's way a lot. He's been going up and up in targets. Uh, last two weeks, he's had a lot of targets over the last couple games. So I think Njoku continues, and I think he has another good game. I wouldn't be surprised to see him in the end zone again. So overall, I like Njoku a lot. He's my tight end start of the week. And I like Njoku, and I really do hope they finally figure it out. They need to be getting him involved the way they are, but he's baited us so much in the past. And we've been saying it for years. He has the athleticism. He's got to be the guy. He has all the signs of like a great tight end, but he just does not consistently get the ball. Now, is that to his fault, or is that to the Cleveland Browns? I'm not sure, but... Overall, I think Njoku has another good week. Uh, continuing off of our game script, my defense start of the week is the San Francisco 49ers. I know I'm not coming out with some something crazy over here. I know a lot of people are going to be starting the 49ers against Carolina, but I think they're a lock to have a good game. Uh, Baker Mayfield has shown an ability to turn the ball over. None of the receivers look particularly dangerous for Carolina. Uh, McCaffrey is the only weapon they have, but San Francisco has by far the best uh, rush defense based on pro football focuses and rankings. They actually allow less than a yard before contact, where almost no other team is anywhere near there. They're at like 0.49 yards pre-contact. So I think McCaffrey's going to have a rough game unless he kind of gets more involved in the receiving. I, I don't see him having a great game rushing. I'm not saying don't start him, but overall I think San Francisco can get some turnovers, and I don't think Carolina puts up many points on the board. So they're like my lock for a great defensive performance this week. Yeah, I'm a little skeptical starting basically anyone outside of the top dogs against that San Francisco defense are just tough to play against. And like I mentioned earlier, I'm basing my Jeff Wilson performance off the script being so out of hand that all they need to do is just keep running on them. Yeah, so I don't disagree with you whatsoever, I, man. But I have no no disagreement with San Fran. For my defense, I'm going with the Kansas City Chiefs. Also, the night game been pretty solid all year. They were on the road uh, to embarrassing Tampa Bay pretty much. But, I mean, you can only keep Brady down for so long before he finally starts getting some touchdowns in. But... They looked really strong that game, and the uh, the Raiders just embarrassed themselves. They just look like a mess. They can put up points, but do I think they're going to be able to lean on Josh Jacobs and basically only get their scores through him this week? I don't think so. I think Kansas City is going to key on them. They have a pretty good linebacker core. I think they're going to make it very difficult for Derek Carr. So that's why I've got the Chiefs in there. And uh, moving in, we can go right into you know our lows, our sits of the week. And at quarterback, it's the guy I've been consistently on all year, Matthew Stafford. Keep sitting him. Just sit this guy again this week because he's looked abysmal so far this year. Cowboys are about the third toughest defense for quarterbacks. They've looked really good. And I've seen nothing from the Rams offense to show me that he can keep, you know, figure out a way to get it going eventually. It's just been Cooper Cup and Higby targets. They've got him figured out. They have no run game. It just looks very bad. Uh, it's about time for Sean McVay to get it together with that. I don't know. He is this offensive mind and this offensive guru, so I'm surprised they haven't been able to figure out the run game. But the one thing I will say that has been very consistent about the Rams is a terrible O-line. They have not shown an ability to keep anyone off of Stafford. Stafford is, I think they said, second most sacked quarterback in the league right now. Um, Dallas is a team that gets after the quarterback, especially with Gregory and Parsons. So I, I am very afraid to start Stafford. I don't think you can start Stafford. I think you have to bench Stafford this week. I right. agree with you. I think if you have Stafford, there's probably guys on the waiver wire that are 
higher locks than Stafford. I'm totally avoiding him. I told you guys the same way Sonny did early on that it was just very weird with what was going on with the elbow. It was misreported in places and places where it was reported. It was just reported weirdly about it being a baseball injury and the tendonitis and he had a procedure. He didn't have a procedure or wait. Yes, he did. It was just very, very weird in the offseason. It was kind of like a hush hush, but blowing up everywhere out of nowhere type thing. So I, I think Stafford was like a lock to have a weird year and he's shown that so far. The one thing that surprised me is the Rams' inability to get the run game involved or get anybody other than Cooper Cup involved. Like, even Allen Robinson, they're struggling to get him anything. And then last week, all we're hearing about is how they want OBJ back, like, quickly. They can't even get Allen Robinson involved. They can't get their running backs involved. Like, I mean, is that really what they think they can do? Just wait until week 10 or 11 and bring OBJ back, and that's going to solve everything? Like, I'm just very surprised by what's going on in Los Angeles right now. So I'm totally fine with your Stafford sit for this week. Uh, my sit for this week at quarterback is Geno Smith. I know he isn't like some game breaker, but he's like the number seven quarterback <laughs> in the NFL right now, fantasy wise. So I don't think this continues against the Saints. I think his numbers are inflated because of the great game he had against the Lions last week, putting up almost 50 points on anybody's insane. So I think Geno kind of slows down a little bit, and I'm going with the high low theory and saying the Saints overall coming from that emotional low of losing in London come home and really show up. Meanwhile, the uh, Seattle Seahawks coming off that emotional high of just destroying the Lions aren't ready for what the Saints may come in with. So I think Geno's not going to have a great game, and he is my sit of the week. Yeah, I think they're going to have a tough game, Seattle, on the road in New Orleans. I, I agree. I mean, Saints are coming off a very emotional loss to lose you know, on a field goal like that. Um, I think he's still gonna have a decent game. I don't oh, think he's gonna, be he's gonna have horrible. a horrible game. I'd still, I think, I guess in comparison, I would probably still start him over Stafford. Just in comparison, I think Stafford's yeah. gonna have like a bottom twenty game this week, which we're probably gonna be totally wrong, and he's just gonna light it up, and Cooper Cup's gonna get two touchdowns and two hundred yards. But I just have a feeling the Stafford's struggles continue because that offensive line has not shown an ability to keep people off him. And Stafford's one tough guy, but he does not. No quarterback does well when he's on the ground most of the game. So, in comparison, I think I take Geno over Stafford, but I also don't see Geno having a great game this week, I guess, overall is what I was trying to say. Yeah, no, I agree. And, I mean, point to show that I do agree with that, basically, is my set wide receiver, Metcalf. I think DK Metcalf's going to have a very tough game, in particular, lining up with Marshawn Lattimore. He makes it tough on any receiver. He's had a few good weeks that he's put together. He's getting targeted. I just don't think that he is going to be able to be the focal point against the Saints defense. They're going to try to take him out of the game for Seattle to try to win in a different way, and that's why I think they're going to fall short. Overall, I just think it's a tough game for the Seahawks, and I wouldn't be happy starting anyone on that team right now. So I couldn't disagree with you. I think the Saints secondaries actually look really good. Not really good, but solid. The Saints, the one thing they haven't been able to do is put pressure on the quarterback. So I'd be interested to see if they can get... Uh, their defensive linemen a little more involved and see if they can get after Geno Smith. But overall, I, I agree with you, especially if Rashad Penny's out too. I mean, that's another weapon that might not be out there for Seattle. So I, I'm totally fine benching Metcalf. I, I don't love starting Lockett either, but I think I take Lockett over Metcalf in this matchup. Lockett might get some like dink and dumps where Metcalf's usually the big big play type guy, and I don't see a lot against the Saints defense. So I, I agree with you there. I'm comfortable benching Metcalf this week. Um, so I went kind of wide with my bench for the week at wide receiver. I said all Jets wide receivers. I'm not <laughs> even Corey Davis, dude. I'm not comfortable starting any of them. I'm surprised you have that low. I, there's just something about that Miami secondary that actually 
Pro Football Focus rates him like relatively highly. It's a bad matchup from everything that I'm seeing. So again, I mean, sometimes that gut is just a, a different beast. So I'll give you that. So the gut overpowers. Oh the yeah, stats. I'm, not, I'm not saying that. I'm like I said, I'm the analytical mind, and you're usually the one that has random gut feelings that a lot of times work out better than the analytics. So I'm definitely not saying I'm dead on right, but I'm not comfortable starting any Jets receiver this week. I have Garrett Wilson in a couple of leagues, and he's nowhere near my starting lineup right now. I'm not flexing anyone. The only Jets player that I like starting is Bryce Hall right now at running back. Every other Jets player I am benching this week. Yeah, I'm starting Wilson in one league, Garrett Wilson that is, and I'm starting Corey Davis in another league, so we're completely opposite on this yeah, one. <laughs> Garrett Wilson has one of the most, again, it's just analytics and PFF, but he has one of the lowest matchup ratings for this week. It was like a 3.7 out of 100. Not 37, but 3.7. So he is like all signs point to him having a bad game. Again, I would not be surprised to see him have a good game, but overall I think Miami kind of controls the game. The Jets haven't shown a great job stopping anybody, so I wouldn't be surprised if Miami kind of gets a little bit of a lead. Maybe one or two of the receivers does something in garbage time, but I just don't see the Jets doing enough. So, again, that, I'm just benching out, benching the whole Jets team, but the receivers especially. Now it'll be an interesting one to come back to in the review episode for sure. Yeah, I agree, especially because <laughs> of our, our big differences, but we'll see. So uh, this one might be a little controversial, but my bench of the week at running back is Saquon Barkley. Um, that's yeah that's obviously blasphemy yes I know <laughs> obviously you're not actually gonna bench him I just think if most Saquon Barkley owners are not gonna have a good week is how I'm gonna put this you're not benching Saquon but I don't see Saquon having a good game I think the Packers defense overall has shown a pretty good ability to kind of keep the run in front of themselves and what is going on at quarterback in New York uh, Daniel Jones is supposed to have a high ankle sprain miss four to six four to six weeks is usually the outlook for a high ankle sprain and now all of a sudden he's limited in practice all week and looks like he might start Sunday is what I was kind of reading so now there's a chance that if Mac Jones isn't ready what if Tyrod Taylor has to start with absolutely no warm-up all week because Mac Jones was limited in practice and kind of the main guy sorry Dan Mac Jones <laughs> Daniels I mean Mac Jones got a high ankle sprain too he so does he, I see where, got, the, where your mind's exactly, going <laughs> yeah I know but Daniel Jones, yeah. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if this is a weird game for the Giants. I, I'm not sure how healthy Daniel Jones is, and if the Packers know that, they might not be worried as much about the run, and they might keep kind of Saquon just in their crosshairs. So I do think he gets the volume. I just don't think he has a great game this week. The one thing that could save him is a touchdown. If he sneaks into the end zone, then yeah, he could. But I, I just don't see it. And the Packers are allowing just three runs a game inside the five. So I don't think he has a lot of goal line work either. So, I mean, overall, Saquon, I'm just, I'm just not high on Saquon this week. I think he can be obviously still pretty good this week. The Packers' defense always kind of scares me a little bit. They're yes. a very good unit. Um, I think the Giants, if they just played the Wildcat the entire game, they probably have a better chance in most of these games. I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> I don't know. The Giants overall, I'm just not 100% sure what's going on. The one thing I will say is they are what looks like playing for their coach. They got a lot of emotion. They're really fighting with, a honestly, a borderline terrible unit out there. I'm surprised yeah. they even have the record they have. So overall, like I said, Saquon... If anyone has a good game for the Giants, it's going to be Saquon. I just wouldn't be surprised if this is a super ugly London game. But again, those London games we usually avoid with our lives, and we don't yes. try to predict because you never really know what's going to happen because teams take totally different stances with that. Some teams fly out, like I think they said the Packers flew out right away, or the Packers might have been the team that flew out late versus the Giants who flew out right away or however that went. But some teams decide to fly out on Sunday, and some teams wait all the way till Thursday. So you never really know what to expect with that. But overall, I would not be surprised if this is one of Barkley's low games. Yeah, 
I don't disagree. Um, I got another big name at my running back, I guess, sit or expect a poor game. I got Zeke Elliott. He's been, he's looked, I guess, better this year a little bit than he was last year. I think he looked absolutely horrible last year, but he's still been poor. And we saw Tony Pollard take a back seat last week, and I think we're just going to see the opposite this week. Um, I think that they're going to try to exploit the the Rams through the passing game a little bit more. They are a pretty decent run team. It's a little bit different when you see the game script from last week and the 49s were, were just dominant throughout the entire game. It's going to be a lot easier to run on them. But Cooper Rush is, I wouldn't say the quarterback Jimmy G is. Not that Jimmy G is this great quarterback, but I think he's a little bit better. Um, I don't yeah, know if that's saying much, but yeah. I just like Tony Pollard to come out on top this week. And Zeke is a very touchdown dependent. I think he's shown that. He's been very, very little involvement in the passing game, and I think that's a huge... Huge loss for him uh, for production, so that's why I've got him as my sit. Uh, Rams have given up a decent amount of big plays, so I think if there is a big play guy in Dallas, it's either C.D. Lamb, obviously Gallup, now the New York, or Pollard if it's in the backfield. So I don't hate your Pollard over Zeke pick. I think overall Zeke's hard to start week to week regardless. I think it's kind of like a touchdown-dependent flex at this point, yep. and it looks like that just might be how the season goes. I think I'm, the one thing I'm very interested in and if you can get Zeke low enough, will Zeke be better when Dak gets back? And is that worth kind of a trade? Do you look into it? Because there's a lot of people who are just outright benching Zeke right now. Like even right now you're coming out and saying bench Zeke. So, I mean, there's a lot of people who just are not comfortable starting Zeke Elliott. And he was a third-round pick for some people in the fantasy season. So, I mean, I'm interested if you can get Zeke low enough, like for a lesser running back or wide receiver, maybe a nicer tight end and some free agency money or whatever you got going on in your league. I think I'm interested in that before Dak gets back. But overall, yeah, yeah. I don't disagree. I'd explore yeah. some options, to yeah. say the least. I agree with you, though. I'm not, I'm not comfortable starting Zeke this week. I agree with you there wholeheartedly. So at tight end, my sit of the week is Zach Ertz. Uh, TJ Edwards has looked really good covering tight ends. Uh, that's who Pro Football Focus has matched across um, Zach Ertz. Uh, Zach Ertz had a decent game last week, and this is supposed to be that comeback game against Philly. But I think just as well as Zach Ertz knows Philly, Philly knows Zach Ertz. And I think the game script is lined up for Philly to kind of take a commanding lead and kind of own this game. Arizona hasn't looked great. They've shown an ability to come back. So the one thing I will say is Zach Ertz could have one of those like garbage time TDs or get some garbage time catches across the middle because I think Philly's going to own this game. So he was my bench of the week. I don't think he has a great game. But I guess we'll see what Zach Ertz offers exactly. But he was my bench of the week at tight end. Yeah, I'm going with the, the revenge game. I think he has a good game. I like Zach Ertz in this game, and I, I think that the Cardinals use him well, and they're kind of reminding us why he was so good a few seasons ago when he was on the Eagles. He kind of got lost. A lot of people forgot about him, but he's a very, very good tight end. He does a lot of things well. I'm going to keep rolling on the Zach Ertz train. I think he, he does well this week. I get it. And for my tight end, who I think is not going to do well, and for good reason, uh, Pat Fryermuth had a pretty solid game last game, again, against the Jets defense, had about 90 yards or so. Um, but this Bills defense is no joke. They just shut down Mark Andrews. I don't even think he eclipsed 20 yards. He had like two catches. Uh, just don't start a tight end against the, the Bills defense. Try not to start any players against them at this point in time. Um, but yeah, overall Steelers players, I'm not really sure if they do get an upgrade with uh Pickett at quarterback too. It's just a tough, tough week. Wait and see what happens, but just avoid all Steelers players basically this week. That's my advice. 
Yeah, I don't disagree. And the Kenny Pickett thing makes it a little weird. We don't know exactly what to expect from the quarterback. And I usually don't love the two-gloved quarterbacks, I will say that. <laughs> I always love Teddy Two Gloves, I guess, so it's not totally true. But I'm not loving from what we might see from small hands, uh, Kenny Pickett. So I am not comfortable starting anybody when it comes to Pittsburgh, especially against this Buffalo team. Yep. So I, I'm on board with you. I'm okay benching everybody that's related to Pittsburgh, other than obviously Najee Harris. He should have decent volume, but I'm not even loving him this week. So I guess we'll see what he does. The one thing I will say is a running quarterback could open Najee Harris's pathways a little bit, so maybe he's decent. But on the Friar Muth train, I agree with you. I'm not comfortable starting him. I guess the one thing we'll see is maybe Kenny Pickett likes him. Sometimes those rookie quarterbacks love their tight ends as safety valves. Yeah. So we'll see how that works out, but I, I, I don't disagree. I'm, I'm not starting Friermuth either if I have any other options. Um, so for my defense, I said uh, one that I've seen a lot of people picking up but that I'm not as high on this week is Jacksonville. Uh, Houston's shown some big playability with uh, Pierce. Pierce had that huge run last week. Pierce is starting to look really good. He's taking over the role as the – the running back in Houston, and he's been getting the volume. And he looks like one of those guys, like Fournette style, where if he gets enough carries, he might break one. And I'm liking Pierce a lot of this week, and I think Jack Houston could put some points up on the board. Houston's also done a good job with the ball. Mills hasn't been turning it, around too, turning it over too much. They haven't been giving him too many chances, I guess, to put the ball where they don't want it. And Pierce hasn't shown a fumbling problem just yet. So overall, I don't see a lot of turnovers, and I think Houston puts up some points. I'm not saying Jacksonville has a bad game. I just don't think Jacksonville does what some people are expecting them to do. I could see them doing like a 3-4, 5-pointer and just enough for it to not hurt you. I'm not saying they're going to put up negative points, but I just don't think Jacksonville does that like pick six and double fumble type game where they get a bunch of points. So Jacksonville's my sit defense for this week. I don't think they do enough. Yeah, I mean, I like it as a contrarian type of pick. I mean, a lot of people have been very high on Jacksonville. I think but they've it's more also anti-Houston than it is high on Jacksonville, but I've, I don't know. I agree with Houston's done a good job of, like, keeping the ball and, and not making some dumb plays. And I mentioned it earlier on, too. Davis Mills is not horrible. There's a lot worse quarterbacks out there. He Solid backup. Yeah, he's a solid backup. He, he does enough, and I think Jacksonville's been inflated with turnovers, interceptions, uh, return touchdowns, fumbles, and if they can't get that, then, yeah, I can definitely see them being a bit disappointing this week. Um, a disappointing defense I think is going to stay disappointing, and that's my uh, my pick for this week. It's the Rams. The offense has simply not been able to stay on the field long enough to give them a chance to catch their breath. They're clearly frustrated. None of them look happy. Uh, they're not really playing as a unit as a result, I feel like, and the Cowboys' offense is good enough to give them a ton of problems. They... I've been really good. They've been winning games with Cooper Rush, and I think the Rams' defense is just on on a downturn, as is the entire Rams' team. So I've got the Rams as a sit this week, and a lot of people are obviously high on them. They've got a lot of talent, but they don't have the chemistry right now, and I think it's going to hurt them in this game. So Cooper Rush has only been sacked four times this season. And there you go. So I think the Cowboys' offensive line has looked good enough. They haven't looked great run blocking, but they haven't looked bad either. But... The Cowboys have done a good job scheming on getting the ball out of Cooper Rush's hands quickly. And Cooper Rush has not put the ball in places where people are gonna where the defense is gonna get their hands on it. So I agree with you. I don't I don't love the Rams defense. I think this could be a low scoring game and the Rams could end up doing just as much Jacksonville as Jacksonville does. This might end up being like a four or five point game for the defense where they just get some points for keeping the Cowboys around twenty. But I, I agree with you. I'm totally fine benching the Rams. I'm very uncomfortable starting the Rams. Jalen Ramsey hasn't looked like this beast of a corner this year he's actually been abused a couple of times 
And Aaron Donald hasn't looked as, I guess, dangerous as usual. Not this game-breaker that he was. Not saying he's going down, but I just think maybe the rest of the team around him isn't doing enough. Right. And that's resulting in Aaron Donald not being, like, this guy, this, like, MVP candidate. So, yeah, all the talent in the world, but if you can't put it together, I mean, Bobby Wagner did a great job tackling the, the streaker, but that was about it. <laughs> you so. could see that frustration <laughs> yeah, in that one. <laughs> exactly. So, overall, I, I don't disagree with you. I like the benching of the Rams defense. Instant impact. Now, like I said, we're going to try something a little bit different. Uh, we're going to go in with a, fantasy, a FanDuel lineup for this weekend. So it's just going to be a daily fantasy lineup on guys that me and Sonny both like fitting the budget for whoever's familiar with the daily fantasy. Um, so I'm going to start with mine. My quarterback is Joe Burrow, which if you couldn't tell from my highs, uh, I, th- I think he's worth whatever money you're going to throw at him. Uh, then I got Dalvin Cook and Jeff Wilson Jr. So both mine and Sonny's uh, running back likes for this week. Uh, then Brandon Cooks, Chris Olave, and Terry McLaurin, as well as A.J. Brown as my flex, David Njoku as my tight end, and the 49ers as my defense. I'm kind of hoping that A.J. Brown can show up against the Cardinals defense, which hasn't looked that good, and that should lead my team. And I think Cooks and Scary Terry do just enough. I think at least one of them ends up in the end zone. I think Olave has a really good game, and I got both of our running back likes. So overall, I think the lineup could, could produce this week. I will say I have not had a great history of FanDuel, but I'm hoping to turn it <laughs> around starting this week. Point. Starting this week, I'm turning it around. It's time. It's time. I like that. It's a lot of volume, guys. So, I mean, it's You know a good me and lineup. volume, guys, bro. Yeah, I'm not surprised to see that. I know, right? On my side, I went with Carson Wentz at quarterback. He's been bad for a couple well, of weeks. I think he's going to bounce back, and I think he's going to be low ownership percentage, too. So, it'll be perfect. You know, kill two birds with one stone. Does good and propels you up the rankings. I've also got Nick Chubb as one of my running backs, the highest-priced running back. But I think it's a good good week for him and another volume guy. You can't go wrong with him. I've got Damian Pierce as my other running back. You're keeping up with the volume as well, man. Yes, you see that? <laughs> and uh, he's been really, really good to watch over the past few weeks. So what's not to like with Pierce? Throw him in. I've got A.J. Brown in there as well as one of my wide receivers. I've also got Chris Olave in there as one of my wide receivers. Um, but then one guy that we're obviously completely in disagreement on, I've got Corey Davis in there uh, as my third wide receiver to round it out. And then, as mentioned before, Jeff Wilson Jr. in the flex. And this one's a big question mark, but I've got Cade Otten in at tight end. Super cheap option. I think he's like 4K or something like that. Yeah. Uh, opens the door to, to craft a more well-rounded lineup, I feel like, when you can get a cheap guy like that. And then defense to round it out, I've got the Tampa Bay Buccaneers uh, at home against Atlanta. I think that'll be a game which they can definitely shine in. I will say, as much as I dislike Corey Davis, if I am picking a wide receiver, he's probably the one that makes the most sense. I think all the Jets wide receivers are pretty cheap in FanDuel, but Corey Davis is probably one of the cheapest. And uh, if there is one that could break the game, it is Corey Davis. If there is one of the receivers for the Jets that could find an opening and end up in the end zone, again, it is Corey Davis. So overall, I don't hate Corey Davis in this FanDuel lineup. I just don't love him as a start of the week. <laughs> so That's I fair. guess we're not we're not in total disagreement. Yeah. I don't mind your lineup. I, I like how it looks. I like the volume guys you got. So the Wentz is the one thing I'm kind of, I want to say a little worried about, but I also went with Terry McLaurin. So I, I'm definitely not panicking about the Wentz pick. Right. I like the ownership logic. All right, guys. Well, uh, that was our review, our preview episode for week five. Uh, tune in this week for our IOP bets, where we're going to be much better than we were the last couple of weeks. Uh, <laughs> and that I can guarantee you. 
As always, this is the Instant Offense Podcast.